0: We're back. Episode four, y'all. I am impressed with my commitment here. And let me tell you, I am a whole nother year older as of this episode. I turned 35 last week, October 29th. I turned 35 years old. I don't know who ever came up with the saying like when you're older you're wiser because I mean I've been wise (laughs) for many 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 years. My age does not make my wisdom. I want to explain this. Your age does not equal wisdom. It's your experience plus your awareness right? plus your growth. If you're not if you're not reflecting on your experiences and growing from them, that does not equal wisdom. That just means you've you've been existing for much longer than me. That don't make you smarter than me. But I'm here, 35. I am we will say I am wiser. I am wiser. But I've been wise. And I have to say that you know, I had a really good birthday, it was mellow, I kept it rather chill. I wanted to throw myself an inflatable party. I know that sounds really dirty and kinky, but it's not what you think. I wanted to 35 feels like a little bit of a milestone, and I wanted to throw last year, I threw myself a party, this year, I wanted to throw one and i was going to use my friend's backyard and i was going to rent a bunch of like inflatables like a big inflatable bouncy castle um an inflatable bull riding ring inflatable sumo wrestling suits a whole bunch right I, this is my dream i'm I, don't steal it from me cuz i have goals here that i'm going to have this happen I was under an immense amount of pressure and stress leading up to my birthday and so I just decided, you know what, I will do it at another time when I don't have all of these things going on. So I just kept it chill because by the time the stressful events kind of came to a, a close, all that stress really hit me, you know, and I wanted to just, you know, be low key. So Birthday was good, but I, I definitely have goals and plans to, to have that inflatable party for myself. Whether it's, you know, in between birthdays or on a holiday, I who knows. I kept it I kept it low key. I went to dinner with a friend, um, to Mangianos. If you don't have a Mangianos where you live, it's and pardon my lack of an Italian accent here. That's how I say it. It's a big Italian restaurant and the portion size is fucking huge. Like you're eating for about five Tony Sopranos and I am not even the size of one of his legs. So you do the math. I ordered gnocchi. That is how I say it. Potato pasta. It's a hybrid and it's very good. It's my favorite. I ordered that and it was huge. I couldn't finish it. Brought it home, but the the, the special thing that we ordered allowed you to have your entree and a take home entree as part of it. So I not only got to bring home my dinner, but I came home with a whole another meal of baked ziti that's still sitting in my fridge almost to what, we're like days after. Almost a week after my birthday, still in my fridge. Delicious though, delicious food. And yesterday I had a, a low-key kind of birthday dinner with my parents, and that's always exciting. It's like rolling the dice. You never know what mood they're gonna be in. You never know what you're gonna get. I have to walk in in a in a crazy high mood, like like be be really happy. Because if you're not really happy, everything is going to trigger you (laughs) in this place. (laughs) Ironically, I came from therapy. And again, my therapy is not regular therapy. I go for a massage every week. And B, my massage therapist, I refer to. You will always hear me refer to her as my therapist. I don't use her full name because privacy. (laughs) That's all. We call her B, And she's British. I I have an affinity for British women taking care of me. I know it's weird. It's weird. Like in a motherly kind of role. European women or I I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I haven't connected the dots there yet. I don't know what it is, but we could say maybe it relates to the fact that I did do like a study abroad, like a semester situation overseas, not once, but twice. Um, we could say it's because I've got a little euro in me. I don't know what it is, but I am I am kind of drawn to older Brit- not in a set this is in a motherly kind of way I like men remember but this is <laughs> this is like I like British B tending to my <laughs> tending to my mind and body um situation I I you know the the Brits love me they la- shout out to you all and again if I'm not PC about this forgive me okay i i don't always try to be honestly i she lets me call her british but quite frankly i don't know the distinction between and 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 i'm open to learning so if you want to educate me please do um i could probably just text her and ask her but i don't care enough to do that i don't know the distinction between being english or british are you english I'm gonna get so much flack for saying this. Is English? Um, you you clearly speak English, but do you, can you speak British, or is British English, or is it English Brit? Like, you're from Britain, or are you from you can be from England. It's very. It gets a little hazy there. I have to say, for somebody who's just straight from New Jersey, it's a little complicated. So. I do, I love a Brit and a Brit usually loves me because they are very dry. Most of them, not all, most of them are really kind of dry in their sense of humor and their personality. Um, Not B, B is, is more um, emotionally expressive than most British people that I interact with. Like my vet, Dewey's vet is, is also British. Shout out to her. I don't think she's listening, but we love her. She's also Brit. Like, I like to surround myself with powerful British women. (laughs) And then we have the few token males. They're usually, you know, high power players in their suits. Um, And and they like to hang with us too. But, you know, British women and Amy and, and a bunch of very powerful men that is my life. <laughs> I so my so I had therapy with B and um after therapy with B it's usually in my best interest to not interact with people. She's doing body work on me, guys. Body work through through massage and and so that means like there's kind of a talk therapy situation happening because that's that's just how I utilize the space I'm not saying that's what other people use her for (laughs) I'm saying that's how I use that space I talk through things as she's massaging me and so when I leave she's not only moved you know the pain and the emotions kind of stuck in my body but we've she's helped me connect the dots to what's going on mentally and physically and then I leave and end up having to kind of process everything because she shook me up like a snow globe and now all the snow's falling all over the fucking place I don't know what to do with it so me going into a setting that could be a little bit triggering is sketchy it's a little sketch so having dinner yesterday was like you know don't, don't know how this is going to go. But I was looking forward to spending time with my parents um, one-on-one. And, and and they my mom was cooking me um, a special meal that I had requested. So so I went and it was good. They only asked me and not my father. He don't care. My, my mom, on the other hand, only once. So bravo to her. Good job, Cheryl. Only once asked me if I'm in a relationship or I have anybody special in my life. To which, if you know enough by now, you know that's not an aspect I talk about. I, there are certain things I keep really, really private. That has always... I can't explain it to you. Um, it's just something I have always kept really private in my life. I I talk a lot about a lot of other things... Mainly things that I have processed and worked through, and feel really comfortable talking about. For some reason, my romantic life was always, for for as long as I can remember, was always an aspect in my work that I kept really sacred. It doesn't. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know until I let you know. Do you know what I mean? And there's really no significant reason, one way or another. I. Just it's whenever I reach a place mentally and emotionally where I feel safe enough or secure enough with me in that setting to share it or expose it to, you know, there's a lot of you. <laughs> there's a lot of you. I've shared family bits and pieces here and there and and, and space. And privacy was invaded. So I don't always feel comfortable doing that um, on social media with, with certain things. There are just, for a very long time, you can ask even my immediate family. Don't, because I'll then feel like my privacy has been (laughs) invaded. Don't, don't ask them, but you could ask them. They will attest to the fact that for many years, I said, do not take photos of my dog and put them online don't take and now you know Dewey has his own Instagram account you can totally follow that at Dewey the Palm he I didn't want photos of him being put online I I can't really explain it because I'm not in that mindset that I was then now but you're allowed to change your mind and I did because because I worked through some shit you know and and that's what I think people forget sometimes is that I was allowed to be that way when I wanted to be that way and I'm allowed to change I put up a a quote the other day and, you know, it got a lot of great feedback. But I I am so confused why people think people can't change. People can change. People change all the time. They have to choose to change. There's a difference. They have to choose to change. I have chosen to change over the years. I have chosen to grow. And that didn't come because anybody forced me to. That didn't come because I was going to lose a boyfriend. That didn't come because someone threatened me. That came because I got sick of me. I got sick and tired of me. I got sick and tired of my antics and my emotions and my turmoil and and my behavior patterns. I got tired of it. And I made a choice for myself to stop. When people are like, I have to change or I'm going to lose this person, that's not a pure reason to change. Because whether you lose that person or not, you should be changing for yourself. So I never put myself in a position where I'm forcing somebody to change. I will instill boundaries in situations and I will um, solidify and, and affirm them. It's not to force you to change. It's just for, for me to say, this is what I allow into my life. This is what I'm open and available for. I don't have hatred towards you. I, don't, I, I love you. I don't want to be treated that way. And in order for me to not be treated that way or spoken to that way or what have you, right, because I wouldn't treat you that way or I'm not treating you that way, in order for me to only allow in what I say I feel I deserve and am wanting, I have to set up these boundary lines so I'm not saying yes to things that are a no for me. The best, those who have been with me for a while will know this. The best, remember, I don't know the difference between a metaphor and an analogy yet. No, none of you have educated me either, so that's on you. <laughs> just kidding. Um, the best example I can give you, metaphor, we're just going to say it's a metaphor. The best metaphor I can give you for boundary setting is my Tupperware Lady example. And shout out to Tupperware ladies all over the world, who I'm pretty sure are non-existent these days. But it's the best example that you will get right off the bat when I talk about boundaries. Because the biggest thing people misunderstand when I set a boundary, especially people who don't have boundaries themselves. People who don't have boundaries themselves hate when you set boundaries with them. I've set boundaries with some few, a few significant people in my life in the last few years and they don't have any boundaries that I can perceive right because because I can't speak on them they might think they do from my trained eye (laughs) they do not and I I can tell a lot. I, I can. Again, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna toot my own horn all day, every day. And if you're uncomfortable with it, it's because you don't like to self-praise. That's it. I will always toot my own horn. I I my eye is trained to look at the relationships that surround people. That's what I do for a living. So I obviously am going to leverage that to my fucking advantage in my own personal life as well. But I'm always going to base my decision making on how you're treating me, right? And what I'm available for. I never take anybody else's opinion. I don't. I don't care to. And, and so I don't want to know how your relationship with is, is with so-and-so. Because what you accept and tolerate from them, I might not. You're not me. So I've set some boundaries with some, some really significant people in my life um, recently, in the, last, in the last few years, and they don't have boundaries in their life. Again, uh, deemed by my trained eye, okay? Can't speak for them, can speak for me. From me watching them and the way they, they interact with me and those around them, they don't have boundaries. I don't think they know what a boundary is, very similar to me for many, many years. I didn't know what a boundary was. I didn't have examples of boundaries. And so if you're that, right, if you don't have an example of something, like if nobody, if you, nobody taught you the color pink, when you look at something pink, you're not going to label it pink because you don't know the color pink. You're going to label it something else. So until somebody educates you and, like, shows you this is what pink looks like, like, like what they do in, like, kindergarten, you know, this is a dog. This is a fraud. I don't know if they do that in kindergarten. I don't remember that far back. I remember I remember one story from kindergarten. And it was my sister peeing on the reading carpet. Because <laughs> <laughs> she had to go to the bathroom and and the and the teacher wouldn't let her. Um <laughs> that's all I remember from kindergarten. So if nobody shows you you don't know. I've set these boundaries with these people and I've watched the evolution unfold of what has happened for me on my end cuz I'm I'm always in a learning process. I'm I'm not perfect. I am somebody who people might judge and think she thinks she's perfect mainly because I will openly take accountability for myself and I will openly admit to my wrongs. People who are very open get judged a lot. We do because we're very happy saying, hey, I'm a fuck up. Hey, I was once crazy. Hey, I fixed that. And y'all love us, but y'all also love to hate us, you know, and I, I get a lot of that all the time. I don't think you all realize how much I get of that. I get criticized and I get praised. I get people who say things like, oh, you think you're perfect? No. I think that I always admit that I struggled with X and I learned Y from it. And this is what I've done to better it or improve it for myself. And that's it. So I've watched the evolution of these boundary situations and and recognized a few things that some people who don't have boundaries view a boundary as punishment like a like a or a tit for tat kind of situation like oh she blocked me so I'm gonna block her back and you're like "Mm, no (laughs) did you miss the whole conversation part See, that's the key in boundary setting. The key in boundary setting is you have to have a conversation. So now to my metaphor, because listen, I didn't lose my train of thought. I know exactly where I'm going with this. My metaphor, Tupperware lady. If a Tupperware lady comes to your door, pretend, I know they are non-existent, but pretend, comes to your door, rings the doorbell. You answer the door. Hi, how are you? Hi, would you like to buy some Tupperware? She says. You said, oh, no, thank you. Have a nice day. And you shut the door. And you walk away. Five seconds later, the doorbell rings again. And you're like, hmm, that's weird. And you go and you answer the door and you see the same woman. And now you're a little confused, but you're like, oh, maybe she needs something. Or maybe, you know, she has a question to ask me. So you answer the door again, kindly, politely. And you say, hi, can I help you? Hi, would you like to buy some Tupperware? She says it all over again as if she never said it the first time. And now you're confused. Remember that part. You're confused. And you go, didn't I just talk to you? No, thank you. I'm not interested. Have a nice day. And you're confused. You're bewildered would be a good word for that. You don't. You're not angry. You're not mad that she asked you again. You're just kind of baffled. Like, what the fuck's going on? So you walk away. Doorbell rings again. Now you're a little pissed. <laughs> Now you're a little pissed. Now you're like, did this bitch not hear me? Or did she not speak my language? So you answer the door and you're like, can I help you? And she's like, would you like to buy some Tupperware? And you're like, I just told you two other times. No, it's a no from me. Have a nice day. Goodbye. And you shut the door. Now you're pissed. Now you're like, this this bitch is messing with me. Like... I don't understand what's going on. You feel crazy. You feel crazy. You feel like, is she just ignoring what I'm saying? Or I know she has to understand me, but she's just like, she's just ignoring it, right? She's neglecting what I said. So the doorbell rings again. And now you're going to fly off the handle. And to that, I say to you, if you're not interested in Tupperware, After you first told her no and you gave her the benefit of the doubt, the second doorbell rang, right? After that, why did you keep answering the door? If you keep answering the door to things that you already said no to, you're giving her a mixed signal. She thinks you're available because you keep opening the door. After you said no, that one's on you. And that is the best don't you can't steal it because everybody's going to know it came from Amy. Because who else thinks about Tupperware ladies other than Amy? That's the best metaphor I can give you for boundaries. You have to communicate, you have to speak. And after that, my rule of thumb, my personal rule of thumb in my life is I give you a benefit. Now, you get one. Are there occasions, and I will attest to this, are there occasions where I have given two, three, four, Yes, yes, <laughs> because sometimes you don't, you, you're stuck in your emotions, sometimes you haven't quite figured it out for yourself yet, I'm not void of that, I am not, per- I'm by far the least perfect person, I'm the most imperfect, that there's the word, <laughs> imperfect person you will meet, yes, there are times where I have given 20 million Second chances, third chance, like like not chances so much as benefits of the doubt, right? Like, what aren't you getting? I thought you were an intelligent human. Are you not listening to me? But when there's a repetition in what's coming at you and you're not changing a damn thing other than you're debating it and you're arguing with it, you're still saying yes to it. You've got to adjust something right you've got to send the right message you've got to you've got to align with what you're saying you want if your behavior is the opposite of what you're saying you want you're you're confusing the person on the other end you're sending them a mixed signal you're saying i know i said this but look at my actions right i know i said this but look at what i'm what i'm doing that's not helpful. There's a million one reasons I'm not going to get into why we do that, but yes, I've done it. Not not just like 1 2 billion times. <laughs> I've I've done it for for years with certain people a- until I finally learned my lesson. And I and and it was a hard lesson to learn, but I had to grow and I had to learn from it and I had to change something. Otherwise, I I'm going to keep getting the same shit coming at me too just like the rest of you. So, Yeah. Boundaries. I, 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 there are certain things that I, I do not talk about because of my boundaries and I just don't feel I want to share certain aspects of my life when I share so much. So yeah. So, so I was only asked once about my romantic life and, and I always tell people this, like, you're not going to know. You're probably not going to know until there's a ring on my finger unless I decide to let you know. And even if there was a ring on my finger, you still might not know. <laughs> there could be somebody sitting next to me right now and you wouldn't know because I am that it's not secretive. It's just I respect myself too much to expose certain things that maybe I don't feel comfortable doing. It has everything to do with me and nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with my comfort level. If you could learn anything from this episode other than my whole boundary spiel, learn that. My behavior has everything to do with me. If I personally have some thoughts or feelings and, or experiences that went south that I don't feel comfortable doing something, I'm not going to do it just to please other people. I'm going to do what's right for me. That's how you should live. You, you want to know what I learned within the last week as a 35-year-old woman? That is what I learned. Just Just do you. Do you? Even if it don't make sense to other people. Like, this is what I'm doing with this entire podcast. The, I've noticed, we're, this is episode four. I've noticed a pattern of when I'm planning to record something, I try to inadvertently start, like, planning. Like, What should I talk about? What stories should I tell? Should I tell this one? Should I talk about this one? Ooh, I had thoughts about this today. Should I share that? And then I think, then I start thinking about other podcasts that I, And they're mostly comedy. Remember, that's really all I pay attention to is comedy stuff. I, I, I'm like, should I do it like this? Should I name it like this? Should I name it and then talk about it? Like, there's a million thoughts that go through my head. And then what I always land on, you want to know what I always land on? Just talk. Fuck it. Just tell them, just be yourself, whatever comes up, comes up, name it after the fact, and then call it a day and and they're either going to love you or hate you, and that's it. It's my sense of freedom. it's like it this is my version of finger painting, you know, I was never a big finger painter as a child. I am a big talker though <laughs> I was a big let me pick up Roadkill and bury it in the backyard, kind of kid. I was not a finger painter. But I was definitely, I'm going to get on my bike, ride down the road, and I'm going to bring back a dead bird into the house. Straight up, true story. Brought in a dead bird. My dad is way more passive in his older years than he ever was when I was a kid. So walked in. And when that man was on the phone when when I was a kid, whoo child, you better not talk. (laughs) Don't even breathe. If, if you pulled a cup out of the cabinet and it clinked another cup, he was going to look at you with a death stare and you were dead when that phone call got finished. So, so yeah, you don't, mm -mm. when that man was on the phone, you just don't make a noise. Pretend like, don't even go in the room. Just don't enter the house play dead. (laughs) that's it not amy amy comes in like this innocent little blonde headed thing with a dead bird in hand holding it by the tail upside down walks into the kitchen looks at her mother and father and says can we bury it (laughs) my dad eyes literally bugged out of his head he turned he goes Cheryl my mom scrambles she's like come on I'll get a shoebox. we'll go bury it in the backyard and like raced me out of that house real quickly because that man was going to go from zero to 60 in 2.5 seconds and no one was going to be able to contain it so it's just I yeah I was a naturally compassionate child. I I was, uh, that was my sense of freedom, picking up the dead animals and having burials in the backyard for them, bless their little hearts. I felt so bad. I still am a very much a, I will swerve for animals, not for humans kind of driver. I know some of y'all might have an issue with that, but I will swerve for the squirrel, even though, yes, it is like a rodent. I will swerve for the squirrel. I cry if I accidentally hit one, and that has only happened probably twice in my life. Yes, twice in 35. Well, I haven't been driving for 35 years, but you know what I mean. I cry if I think I've gone too fast and maybe accidentally hit a bird. I, mm, the, that, the level of compassion I have for animals versus, I, I mean, I obviously have a high level of compassion for humans, but I feel less bad for a situation like, like okay, people who ride bicycles. I, I'm going to get flack for this one too. Because I, listen, I understand that you think you're a car, but you're not. You are you are not an automobile. Automobiles drive in their lanes, okay? So if you think you're an automobile, you should drive in your lane, which is the shoulder or the labeled bike lane. I know there are laws or rules. I don't know if it's like all over or just certain places that forbid bicycles to be on sidewalks. Fine. But... Don't ride in my lane and then get angry when I speed past you. Or don't think that you're one of us when you're not going to sit at the red light with us. You're going to just go through it because you're a little bicycle man and you don't think you have to adhere to the to the rules of the road. It don't work like that. So I, I have a little bit of an issue. You know what? I'm going to keep it real. I do have I I know people who ride ride bikes. Okay. This is nothing personal, but I I have less respect for the bicyclists, bi- bicyclists, cyclists, cycl cyclists, whatever. I have less respect for the ones that don't respect the the road signs and and the traffic lights and things like that. If you want to ride on the road. You need to respect those things. If you're not going to respect those things, I'm not going to respect you and I am a motherfucker when I am driving, okay? If if I get a little bout of road rage, I will floor it past you. I don't care what the road like the what the road is labeled. I don't care if there's a double yellow. I I will speed past you if I am to that degree of angry. And with with cyclists that just ignore the signs and, and the things like that, I will skim you. I will. I won't hit you. I will just go, you know, close enough. (laughs) This is going to get me arrested. Close enough to where you get the point that you're not a car. And, I, and, I, and quite frankly, like it's, shouldn't it be, it's exercise. It's right. Like that's exercise. I know some people, but you're, you're a different breed. If you're riding your bike for exercise or like training versus somebody who's riding it, cause that's your mode of transportation. Cause you don't have a license or can afford a car. You're different. You're two different types of people. It seems based on my observations, it se- which is very scientific research. It seems that the ones that I have noticed that are doing it as their mode of transportation because they don't have a license have a little more respect. And the ones that are doing it because they're training for something or it's, you know their Sunday afternoon form of exercise, the ones that I've noticed, again, this is not speaking on behalf of all of them, just in my region of New Jersey and the ones I've encountered. (laughs) The ones in their matching gear with their helmets and their flashing light, like uh, another thing. Why are you riding when the sun has gone down to the extent that you need a flashing light? And, And another thing. Why are some of you walking when the sun has gone down and you're, not, and, and you're just carrying a flashlight? Maybe this is just in the country because that's like where I grew up. But like there are people that decide they're going to just take their evening stroll down a country road that, mind you, people use country roads as their in-between roads, okay? We are like the drug dealer routes. We, straight up. Not kidding, okay? I'm from New Jersey, every sixth person you know is in the mob or a drug dealer that's not a fact that's an amy factoid <laughs> but i'm sure if you asked around which those are not things you want to ask that would be a fact okay so so every sixth person you know is in the mob and every you know or is a drug dealer you know so like neighbors that that lived near my parents' house, who like I had honestly interacted with on many occasions, were running a drug ring from their farm <laughs> where they board horses. This is not unusual in the state of New Jersey. So why these country roads are not for you to decide at 6 p.m. when the sun is going down now at like 4.35 to grab your flashlight in your black turtleneck and your, you know, and walk down the road flashing your flashlight with every arm movement, thinking that I'm not gonna accidentally hit you. People hit deer all the time. That's not because we can't see their eyes glowing, dumbass. It's because we're going too fast and we don't break quick enough. I, on the other hand, Have never, knocking on wood right now, hit a deer because I am a special kind of driver. I have very quick reflexes, okay? I don't hit deer. I brake for animals, not for people or bikes. (laughs) (laughs) However, I will say the one story that sticks with me to this day is, is when I was a teen and my mother... Um, my mother backed into a wood pile. My mother was taking me to a party. I went to a lot of parties when I was in elementary school. My elementary school was very small, country, okay. And so we were a tight knit crew in elementary school. In elementary school. Okay. When we got to high school, it was a different story. That was a big school. It merged a lot of other schools together and we all kind of went our separate ways for the most part. Elementary school though, I was going to a party and there was a party all the time. And I, now that I think about it, I don't, I partied more in elementary school, probably equal to the amount I partied in college. And then every, everything else that didn't fit into those two categories was not me part, partying. That's, there's no need at 35. Um, Took me to a party on a back road. Everybody lived on a back road. Some minute detail here. And I don't remember what happened, but I changed my mind and didn't wanna go and My mom was like, "Okay, no problem. we're just gonna we're gonna turn around real quick and pull out of the driveway before anybody sees us, okay So this woman, badass that she is backed into somebody's wood pile that was in the driveway, okay, like big ass wood pile again, if you're a country folk, you know what I'm talking about. you've got stacks of logs everywhere." Random, like two by fours, just laying around. This is not unusual things. So she backed into it. I forget what kind of car she had. I don't I don't remember. Backed into it, broke the entire back window, guys. She broke the entire back window. Glass everywhere. This woman peeled out of that driveway so quick. So we're so we're driving back home. And I go, What did you just do? She goes, Shh. Shh, we're going to we're going to tell your father that we hit a deer. I go, "You don't hit a deer with your rear window." And she goes, "Well, the deer jumped into the car." And I go, "Wouldn't there be blood?" And this woman was concocting an entire lie on the drive home. So what we what we came up with was we're going to tell him that Uh, there there's this crazy s turn on on their road the road i grew up on and and so it's an s turn meaning like it's shaped like an s and it's a sharp turn and there's just fields surrounding it so people you know there's deer everywhere there's random foxes there's no like snow fence or lights or any any signage on this road nothing we're just going to tell him that the deer came out of nowhere as we were turning on the S bend and he jumped and he, and, and as we turned, he hit the back window and broke it, but he kept going. This is a lot of details. The more details you include in a lie, it's a lie. It's an obvious lie, but this is what we went with. And Apparently, the way we framed it was rather believable, because to this day, when I share this story, like I remember bringing it up recently with my sister, she goes, wait a minute, you didn't really hit a deer or a deer really didn't jump through the window? She goes, I remember that. And I said, oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 that's not what happened. She accidentally backed into a wood pile, and We just needed to lie about it. So she didn't get flack. <laughs> that's, that's how it went down. So yeah, good times. Good times. 35 35 more beautiful than I've ever looked. I, I the pictures that I've been looking at of myself from like 5 years ago, I was like, "Whoa, I don't, I don't even look that way. I have never looked so good. I've never felt so at ease and and I myself my love for myself has never quite been this way. So it's a good, it's a good time. It's a good time. It's a new year for me, 35. We'll see what it brings. These, these episodes could only get more controversial as we go on. Keep, keep sharing um, them. Y'all, you are amazing. And I, I read your reviews thus far and we're, we're in this joint together, man. So we're, we're going to see what it brings. I'll see you next time.